0: This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and each week this spring we are honoring the seniors of a Bates team that did not get to finish its season due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This week, we salute the Bates Rowing Dynasty, a group that combined for six NASCAR titles and three national championships in three seasons. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. (laughs)
1: Right the, right, right,
0: right the, right the Bates men's rowing team made history in 2018 competing against the biggest rowing schools in the United States at the IRA National Championship Regatta. Senior Captain Max Milovitz and senior Coxswain Holland Doyle were sophomores that year. The two graduate along with their fellow men's rowing seniors having won three NASCAC titles. And today, they join the Bobcast.
2: Holly, let's start with you. I mean, take us back when you were in high school. Um, what made Bates the place for you? And also tell us a little bit about how you became a coxswain in the first place.
3: Absolutely. So I actually started rowing my freshman year of high school. And I rowed for two years. But given my size, I quickly learned that Coxing would be probably a little bit of a better option for me. So I switched to being a coxswain for my junior and senior years of high school. And I think that is probably one of the biggest things that has made me a successful coxswain. You know, the fact that I rode for two years before coxing um, just really gave me a good view and um, perspective into what the rowers are physically going through and mentally so my senior year of high school I knew I wanted to go to Bates but I didn't know if I wanted to row in college yet or not Um, you know Bates was my dream school I applied early decision um, put all my eggs in that basket so to speak so all I wanted was to go to Bates and then once I got in you know I I floated the idea, you know, should I row? Should I continue to caulk at Bates? And I ended up giving it a shot freshman year, walking onto the team. And mm-hmm. um, Coach Sinstra didn't have any room for me on the women's side. So he offered me a position on the men's side. And I guess since then it's all gone well. <laughs>
2: Max, I'm curious, um, being from Utah, what, what led you uh, to Maine to Bates for college? Yeah,
4: well, thank you for having me on there, and it's good to be here. Uh, I'd say a, a string of coincidences uh, led me to Bates. I just being from Salt Lake City, I didn't really know what, uh, what the schools out east were like, obviously, um, apart from some of the larger ones. Certainly, I had no idea what the NASCAC division was. So how I ended up at Bates was kind of uh, a mixture of a little bit of research around uh, some colleges, uh, a little bit of enthusiasm for small classes, and uh, and uh, I guess some some sort of a a passion for rowing, something like that. But I am it. I'm happy to be at Bates. It's been an absolute pleasure being there. Coming I mean, from Utah, we really um, we really didn't have much infrastructure for rowing. It being a desert and all, so my <laughs> small club team ended up uh, training out of an industrial scrapyard mostly. So to just be in the in the main atmosphere and see the river and see all of the 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 um, the facilities that they had was just a remarkable change.
2: You mentioned the passion for rowing and not being that much infrastructure in Utah for it. So how did that passion first start when it probably isn't a big deal typically around there as it may be in other parts of the country?
4: I think they actually go hand in hand in that mm-hmm. the fact that there wasn't any sort of recognition for rowing as a sport in Salt Lake City led those who enjoyed it to really enjoy it for the right reasons, which in my mind are, are uh, the, the work itself. the the feeling of of trying one's best, and, uh, you know, a a passion to improve. I I think those values generally helped me at Bates in other ways as well.
2: Holly, what made Bates your dream school? You touched on that.
3: You know, it's kind of like a quintessential Cinderella college search story, so to speak, but, you know, I truly walked onto Bates' campus for the first time when I visited and just fell in love with it. And, you know, the thing that I was looking for most was just a sense of nice, genuine and humble people. And I found that at Bates and that really came across when I was visiting Bates and, you know, made me want to apply early decision. And I came from a small high school and had pretty good relationships with my teachers, so I knew that I wanted to continue those relationships with professors at the college level, and Bates, you know, definitely presented that opportunity for me.
2: And then your sophomore year as a coxswain, you find yourself at the IRA National Championship. (laughs) Um, What was, I mean, that experience, obviously, most memorable probably for all the The Bates seniors uh, and those who graduated recently as well, but uh, what was it like for you?
3: IRAs was incredible, and it was an experience that I, along with my teammates, will truly never forget that year, and I'm sure Max can attest to this, but, you know, I still sometimes get the chills thinking about it, and... I think being on such a national stage like that where um, the men's Division three teams don't always get that opportunity, especially from the NESCAC, was truly special and um, probably one of the highlights that um, I'll take away from my bait-throwing experience.
2: How about for you, Max, and what was that like for you? First of all, being a member of the first varsity eight as an underclassman, and then on top of that, Having the best season in you know men's rowing history there sophomore year.
4: Yeah, it was it was quite remarkable. Just as Holly said, um, I I too often reflect on on my time in that boat, and I think that I I personally probably had no business being at that uh, at that regatta. Like uh, the the type of people that we see, the type of athletes that succeed in those yeah. regattas are just just absolute. Uh, absolute specimens. Like uh, half of them are <laughs> now on their Olympic teams in, in their respective countries. So the fact that we at Bates could create an opportunity to compete against them out of basically sheer force of will is uh, is pretty special. I remember a lot of mornings uh, that the entire varsity boat would get up and, and come and row together. Uh, in the middle of winter in, in the Merrill Gymnasium. And uh, the the uniqueness of that organic growth together is, is pretty remarkable. Holly, I always
2: wanted to ask about that 2B race in the first day. I think it was very foggy, right, if I recall, or foggier than mm-hmm. you normally would be during a race. And you, and you outraged Stanford and a couple others. Take us through that from the Cox's perspective.
3: Well, first of all, I think beating Stanford was incredible and something that we never even expected, you know, we, we showed up at IRAs thinking, all right, let's see how far we can go. You know, let's see what we can do here kind of thing. We didn't really have any set expectations going into it. So then being on the starting line next to UW and Stanford and all of these massive schools. And like Max said, the athletes are true specimens um, was just insane, you know, and it was pretty intimidating for all of us, I think. But that first race was pretty unique because I had completely lost my voice during the IRA championship. Yeah. And I was later diagnosed with um, vocal nodes. So I had completely lost my voice and was extremely nervous that I wouldn't be able to support my guys as much as possible given that I barely had a voice um, but we what happened was I wouldn't talk all day and then save it all for the race and it kind of sounded like a pip squeak squeal coming out of my microphone but um, it definitely threw off the other boats around us and um, so that stands out to me for that race but I think the fact that I could barely be heard and yet that 2V boat was still able to accomplish so much and beat Stanford in that race just speaks to, you know, the dynamic that that boat possessed and how truly special it was that we all wanted one thing and um, wouldn't stop at anything to get it.
2: That's interesting. I mean, obviously as a coxswain, losing your voice is a worst nightmare. I mean, there was an alternate coxswain there. I remember Aiden Temporino was there, but I mean, you weren't, no one's going to take you out of that boat, I'm sure. Right.
3: (laughs) Yeah. No one wanted me out of the boat. I didn't want to be out of the boat. Um, Aiden is an excellent coxswain. And so he would have been ready to step in at any point possible, but you know, we made do with what we could to keep me in the boat. And I'm really thankful for my boat that year, you know, being willing to adapt and work with me at that time as long um, along
2: with the coaches. Max, give me a sense of when you first got to Bates and, and over your career, you know, the training regimen here, because you touched on the fact that, you know, during the dead of winter you'd go and, and row in Merrill Gym and stuff like that. What For those coming into the rowing program, what does it take to really maximize your success?
4: Well, I, I think there's a, I guess, a small distinction to be made between the experience itself and the success, because one, one can have an amazing experience without necessarily being successful in terms of medals collected or races won. Um, and for that, the team takes on a different shape. But, I guess from, from what I've learned, it, it's pretty simple uh, how to, to do well on the team, how to do well in, in collegiate rowing, and that's, uh, that's to just try. I mean, it's, it's, thankfully, rowing unique in that it's not an immense skill-based sport. There's only one thing to learn, which is, uh, which is getting the blade in and out of the water in the rowing show, mm. and the rest is, is um, pretty tenacious, boring work. And when I say work, it's mostly rowing on a rowing machine, uh, building fitness in the weight room, or uh, uh, running outside. So most of the work can be done either individually or, or in a group setting. But if uh, if I had come in the base with probably a different outlook on, on work itself or, or the, the physicality of work, my experience probably would have been different. Uh, I'm very thankful that I... I came in with such a positive outlook, and I hope I can uh, I could have imparted that on the team this year.
2: Yeah, obviously it was unfortunately an abbreviated season this year. But Holly, I mean, you did get to you know Cox there, I believe, right at the head of Charles. Uh, how does that compare to you know your regards in the spring? Obviously, it's very different from your perspective having to steer and whatnot, right?
3: Absolutely, um, the Charles is. An amazing experience that I hope every rower and every coxswain gets to experience at some point in their lives. It's very exciting, but it's also very stressful, I think, from the coxswain's perspective. However, it's an extreme honor to cox the Charles. Um, you know, you're on an incredible stage with. with teams from other countries and all different ages of athletes. So it's amazing, but like I said, it is pretty stressful and takes a lot of preparation from the coxswain's standpoint. So thankfully I had coxed the race my sophomore year with Max actually stroking that year. And so I had some experience from that race, but you know, I still had to prepare just like any other coxswain would and, um, you know, really study the course and figure out when to when to turn when and when to call pressure on one side and really try to be prepared for the absolute unknown because that's kind of what the Charles is. Um, and I also took a ride on a launch boat um, of the course prior to the race, which helped a lot as well.
2: And Max, from a road perspective, the coxswain in a race like that, always an important role, but what are you listening to? How are you working with the coxswain at the Charles? And then maybe maybe also compare that to how you work with them in, in the spring.
4: To run a successful course down the head of the Charles, there needs to be total trust in the coxswain's ability, which Holly absolutely did this fall. It was a, a wonderful experience. Um, for the rowers, because obviously there are some twists and turns in the in the Charles River down the race course, uh, one has to totally trust that the coxswain will call the right call at the right moment. And that doesn't necessarily happen all the time in the spring where, when the course is just a straight line and one can imagine pretty well, well where one is. In the Charles also, uh, there's a lot more commotion around in the, than in the spring race. The majority of spring racing we do are duels, which is two boats side-to-side, with the exception of the final two races we competed. However, at the Charles, there are about 50 boats uh, in the race, started maybe 30 seconds after each other, and then there are another 50 boats on the other side of the river paddling up to their starting point. So it's a lot more commotion and a lot more distraction, which means the coxswain is that much more important.
2: Holly, I was curious about, kind of a dynamic here with the men's team sort of obviously the NESCAC titles are great but you know I've talked with many you know men's rowers and, and Coxon said that the NESCAC title you know don't want to sound arrogant but it's kind of a given <laughs> some years in sort terms of the, you have higher expectations right what's it like entering and thing at NIRC with Hobart and then kind of having that underdog mentality because I feel like some people look at Bates rowing in general and say oh that's a powerhouse but for the men's team I feel like there is that underdog mentality because of some of the bigger schools that are out there. Right.
3: Right. Yeah, I would agree. Um, And I actually think that the underdog mentality is something that's very important for our team to have and to continue to have, because I think it puts us in our place, so to speak, you know, it doesn't make us get too arrogant or have um, false expectations or hopes. I think you know, that underdog mentality keeps us grounded. And that's what we had my sophomore year, the 2018 season, we had that underdog mentality, but we were extremely driven. So I think when you're going into NIRCs, you, I'll, I go into every race hoping for the best, you know, whether that's a medal, whether that's a, a certain place, that's one thing. But I go into every race with the goal to support my eight rowers in the boat as best as I can and as best as they need me to. So I don't think that mentality changes even when you're on a larger stage, you know, going for a certain title. It's extremely important to stay grounded and humble in the successes we've had, but also the successes that we hope to have in the future as well.
2: I'd be remiss without saying that you know both of you, um, Max and Holly, are, are senior scholar award recipients. So that means you know four years versus four, three point five GPA or above, you know during your time at Bates. Max, from that perspective, how are? You, I mean, rowing does take a lot of time, a lot of early mornings. Although you you wanted this interview at seven a.m. at Salt Lake, so I guess you're used to that, no problem. But what was it like you know balancing all those things in terms of the training plus the academics?
4: Oh, it, it was absolutely fine for me. I had I had very little trouble. Um, I, I think rowing works so well with academics in that they're, they're both grounded on the same ideas, that the, the, the smarter you work and the better you manage your time, the better you'll likely do. Um, and for me, that always means taking advantage of the earlier times I'm up in the day. For example, we, we'd have a practice from around 545 until 730, and that would let me get to the library at 8.15, which I, I likely would not normally do had I not been up that early. So I, I at least had a great experience of growing in academics. It in no way inhibited me, and uh, in every way it helped me. Great. Holly, how about for you?
3: I would definitely echo what Max said there. Um, you know, it. I will say it was a, a bit of an, an adjustment at first. I think particularly what was Challenging for me is that we would get back from the boathouse back on campus around seven thirty somewhere between seven and seven thirty maybe, and then you know we all have to shower and eat dinner so by the time you're walking into the library, it's eight thirty um at night, and unlike max i um I'd rather sleep in in the mornings and take a few naps throughout the day. So I was more up at night in the library. But one of the things I'll never forget about working in the library is I was almost always working with another member of my team. Um, There was one point my sophomore year, I was working in the library with a past teammate, uh, Jack Reed. And, you know, we had this routine where we would go to this certain spot in the library and, you know, get our work done. And then at 1 a.m., the lights flicked off. And I was like, what's, you know, what's that? And he was like, oh, this is when it closes. So I think that just kind of speaks to um, how much my teammates pushed me to continue to strive for a strong academic performance. Um, But I'm also really Grateful that I studied something that I was really interested in because then it, you know, doing readings and studying didn't feel like too much um, of work. It was just kind of a continuation of an interest. So I'm also very thankful for that.
2: Awesome. Well, Max, uh, any final thoughts you wanted to share about your time on the men's rowing team that you haven't gotten to talk about yet? I guess one of the big
4: lessons I've learned and one that I will take with me. Beyond my rowing career is just the importance of uh creating opportunities for oneself, and that's not to say that that uh one should hope for all the doors to open, but rather with with you know carefully thought out work and uh and carefully thought out planning one can create some opportunities for oneself. I think my sophomore year of two thousand and eighteen is a good embodiment of that uh, where we Worked hard to create an opportunity to succeed in rowing, uh, and I think that if uh, if the younger kids in the team can learn about that, then hopefully they will also find success.
2: Great, Holly. How about for you? Any final thoughts? Sure.
3: Um, you know, I think the what I've learned over the four years of rowing at Bates, but really just the sport in general is. You know, the point of rowing and how to be successful in rowing, from my perspective as a coxswain, is a desire to move your boat fast and quickly, not just for yourself, but for your team and each of your boatmates. You know, the minute one of eight rowers in the boat wants something for themselves rather than for the collective, that's when it begins to fall apart. Um, And a moment that kind of sticks out to me about this lesson is that in 2018, during the grand finals of the NIRC regatta, when I was in the 2V, we were about level with Hobart at this point. And, you know, I had the feeling that we could take them in this race. And my call that started our move on Hobart was simple yet meaningful at the same time. I said, go now for every bait thrower that came before you. And ultimately that was the big call that gave us our surge to get up to Hobart's five seat. And, you know, from there we just took it. But from that, that race in particular, and from what I've learned over the four years, it's, you know, a true um, desire to work hard for others, and not just for yourself, and I think that's what I'll take away from rowing in general, but especially base rowing.
2: Oh, I love that call. That's like I have a Hollywood script on those, right? I mean, <laughs> did you have <laughs> yeah, that you in mind that. beforehand? If you if you solve yes. an opportunity like that, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So every night before I would go to bed, sometimes I would think of different calls to say, you know, at different races throughout the year, and I keep a list in the in the notes section of my phone. Whenever something comes up, I just jot it down. <laughs>
2: Well, Holly Doyle, Max Milovich, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcats. Congrats on great careers at Bates. We really appreciate it and wish you success uh,
0: in the future here. Thanks so much. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you very much. The women's rowing team is simply the best in NCAA Division III. The Bobcats have won four of the last five national championships, including three in a row for this year's senior class. Captains Maya Sation, Hannah Fitz, and Grace Murnahan look back on careers that saw Bates rowing stay at the top of the nation Every season. Maya, we'll start with you. I remember first talking with you. You mentioned how
2: growing up, you you kind of grew up in a big rowing area. A lot of people went D1. You ended up going D3 as a coxswain. Uh, Looking back on it now, what's that experience been like? You know, at Bates, obviously, you know, three national titles later. I definitely went
5: to, or I live in an area in Connecticut where rowing is really big. Um, I actually only started rowing. Seriously, my junior year of high school, so a little bit later than than most people, um, and it was something that as soon as I started, I just fell in love with. And at this point, I couldn't possibly imagine having gone to a D one school. I think my my rowing experience is so unique at Bates, and it's something where you know I was very much able to balance the student and athlete experience. And I think a lot of the clubs and extracurriculars that I chose to pursue are so unique to being a D3 athlete. And, of course, I mean, it, it doesn't get better than the Bates women's rowing team or the Bates rowing team in general. So it's been such an awesome experience, and I'm so, so thankful for it.
2: And, Hannah, how about for you, what ended up leading you here originally from Rhode Island? And, and you, you you rowed in high school, um, you know, there for a rowing club, and you were on the 1B basically from day one. What was that experience like?
6: Yeah, I think – hands down Bates is the best decision of my life, especially the Bates rowing team. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't have chosen a better place and been luckier to be surrounded by a stronger or more supportive group of women and men on this team. Um, I kind of found out about Bates because another woman from my club at home at Narragansett Boat Club had rowed there, Laura Rand, I'm sure you remember. And Mm -hmm. so I, visited her at Bates and I just I remember coach sitting me down um during the visit and asking me about the other schools I was applying to and he said you know you just you just have to it comes down to what place you love the most what place do you find yourself you know fitting in the best and and being happy surrounded by the people that you see here and I was like wow that was (laughs) the most honest answer from a coach and the best advice I could have gotten so I don't know like it was a really easy decision. We got cider donuts on my visit, and everyone was just so <laughs> friendly and happy and passionate about the team and about Bates as a community. And so it was
2: an easy and definitely the right decision. And, Grace, how about for you? to take us back when you were in high school looking for colleges? What made Bates the place for you?
1: Yeah, I think my path is, like, fairly similar to Maya's. Uh, I didn't start rowing really seriously until the end of my junior year, really into my senior year of high school. But I learned to row on the Charles, which obviously is a, you know, big rowing hub, at least for the Northeast. Um, And so I was coming out of a big club where a lot of people were looking at IVs and large division one programs. Um, And I less so came away with the, uh, like I came away with the feeling that I wasn't necessarily going to be a collegiate rower um but I came and visited Bates and wrote down on the like admissions form that I was potentially interested in rowing and uh coach Doolittle who was the assistant coach at the time ended up reaching out to me and emailing me um and kind of late in the year setting up a visit and once I you know met people on the team and saw the campus um, again, it really, like, set in my mind that this is, like, a place I wanted to be. And I'm so happy to have fallen into, you know, such a phenomenal group of people and such a phenomenal program.
2: Excellent. Maya, um, this year, one of the senior class, you were one of the senior class presidents. What was that experience like?
5: Uh, definitely an interesting one, for sure. I think many of us can agree that uh, planning senior week is a really exciting and really engaging process, and it is something that I'm I'm very thankful and very grateful for being elected or selected to do, rather. And I think having, you know, this pandemic kind of change how we approach our senior year, and especially these last few months of our senior year, has been something that will definitely stick with me for the rest of my life. And I think in addition to just kind of experiencing it for myself, I've been really trying to go through the process of, of making things easier for my classmates, of trying to help organize events that, you know, still touch on the same spirit of, of what we would do if we were back at Bates. So it's been a, a really great process in getting to work with a lot of administrators and getting to work, work with a lot of those Bates faculty and staff, has been, such as yourself, has been incredible and amazing.
2: Hannah, I'm curious something about you. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who are enthusiastic out there, but Hannah, I feel like you're one of the more enthusiastic people I've ever come across, where does that come, where does that come from?
6: Hannah? Honestly, it comes from the people around me. Um, I know that sounds like a cheesy answer, but it's like, it's really, <laughs> honestly, all of this is going to sound cheesy, but I mean it. <laughs> like I've always had a zest for life and I've always had a lot of energy. So that helps. But, um, you know, like I find myself being somewhat dramatic in a lot of situations and, <laughs> um, it's really easy for that <laughs> drama to come out as enthusiasm when like all of the people around me make me really happy and are working really hard and, you know, love and support me. Um, And so I think I've fully found my enthusiastic stride uh, on this team because like, what is there not to be enthusiastic about, you know, like I'm, it's partially who I am and, and mostly the people around me just like bring out the best in life and the best in me. So like, why not jump around and, like, scream about it
2: because, I don't know, they're wonderful. (laughs) Great. Uh, Grace, take us back to sophomore year. So your first year the team wins the national championship. Your sophomore year, though, as far as that first varsity eight, the the 1v1, the first gold medal in the program's history, do you remember that being – kind of, a, I mean, a focus throughout that season, sophomore year. I mean, what was it like when that actually happened? Because obviously the team had won a couple of national titles at that point, but the, the 1B finally got that gold medal at NCAAs. Well, what do you remember about that?
1: Yeah, that year I always really stick that in my mind when people ask me about some of my, you know, greatest memories on the team. I think that year was definitely special in that we'd won the national title, you know, our freshman year. Um, but in the one V we had come second to Williams. Um, and that was a big, like, I don't know, that fueled us a lot going into the next year. And it was a lot of the same women, um, in the boat the next year. Um, and so I remember throughout, you know, from the fall, definitely through the winter, it was at least in the back of our minds, coming into the spring, it was something that we'd, openly talked about like this is what we want to do um and this is a goal we have collectively um so it was really just a feeling of the culmination of so much work and so much attention kind of coming to fruition and then maya for you your first two years you know open
2: four at nirc's third varsity eight at nirc's Then junior year last year you get that chance to cox the second varsity eight at nationals for the first time um, and what was that experience like? I mean, what was it like kinda of biding your not biding your time but working, you know, for those two years um, you know, with with some boats kinda of down the ladder and, and working your way up? What was that experience like for you? Yeah,
5: I, I think Coach does it so perfectly when he emphasizes how much on this team every single seat matters and the team grows and the team is fast because you have individuals at every level and at all levels pushing each other to be faster. And so I think for me, especially, I have taken every single opportunity to be in a boat. Whether you know it is the four, which I think is an incredible part of the team, and the fact that we can even have a four is awesome. Um, but taking every single opportunity that I had to really get better, and I think it, it is kind of wild that over the course of these uh, four years that I, I have, you know, been able to just improve and improve and improve. And I think that's. Something that is so unique to this team and so unique to the way that we function in the sense that our coaches push us to be better and it's not really climbing through other people it's helping each other to get better and uh, becoming more aware of, of what you kind of need to do to help each other succeed, which I think is just really incredible and really special to our team. so it, it's been a definitely a, a, a tough process at times, something that I think has been you know not super easy but every time I race, regardless of what boat you're in, you're in, you're still racing as a as a base Bobcat, and you're still racing under this team, and you're getting better, and, uh, you know, this boat doesn't really, you know, mean as much as the experience does, I think, to me, and it was obviously absolutely incredible to be in the QV, um, but I think, as we know, it's, it's all boats pushing on each other and pushing up to make the top boats faster, so... I'm thankful for for every seat that I've raced
2: in. Excellent, Hannah. If you had to choose among all the, you know, NCAA's ahead of the Charles, what was one regatta, one meet, one championship that really stands out to you? You'll remember all of them, uh, you know, in terms of the NCAA's, but maybe one that stands out the most in your opinion.
6: I would have to bring up the the one you just asked, uh, Marin, about um, mm-hmm. the, our sophomore year NCAA's. Um, I think that race is honestly one of the races that stands out the most in my four years at Bates, Um, just because it was, it was something new. It was something big. Um, Obviously all the titles and frills of NCAAs are are exciting, but it was like what Grace said, like the amount of attention that we put into just rowing our best and, and being one whole boat. I remember smiling in the third 500 of that race because like I mm. could just hear it in, in our coxswain's voice that we just, we had it. We were, we were, you know, moving the way we did back at home on the Androscoggin. We were finding our vibe and just being ourselves. And it just felt like the race where a lot of things did culminate, but it was really just our best performance of us, like doing what we do best, which is rowing together Um, And that's why it felt
2: so special. Grace, you know, being one of the team captains, what was that experience like working with Hannah and Maya?
1: They're incredible people to work with. I mean, being a captain was very, very rewarding. I think, you know, I've gotten so much out of this team and the people and so much support. And so being able to give back in that way was really awesome. Um, But I really couldn't ask for better you know, co-captains in Hannah and Maya. (laughs) And then also on the men's side, uh, Kevin and Max, you know, working with them was also great. Uh, But, you know, living with Hannah, like being able to come home and just, you know, either, you know, talk about the team or completely leave it in the past and, you know, play a game or whatever. And then, you know, having Maya, who is always, I don't know, just he's the greatest. You know, she's a great chicas. I I don't know how to say just how grateful I am for them. Uh, because I really would not have made it through this year without them.
2: Well yeah, Mike, what's that like that from your perspective? I mean, as a coxswain you have to you wanna you know, build you know, build a good relationship with the rowers. What's that experience been like, you know, through the years um, working with different boats as we touched on earlier?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I think again, you know, Hannah's mentioned this, Grace has mentioned this, but this team is very much a family, and it is made up of extremely exceptional and extremely strong women and men. And I think that being able to approach pretty much everything you do as, you know, these are people that you, you really love and you respect and you admire, and you're pushing them to be better. And I think that's the perspective that I've tried to kind of approach everything that I'm doing with. and. I I mean, just outside of being a coxswain, I'm, I'm generally a, a chatty person, so having <laughs> conversations is something I really enjoy, and I think talking to people is such a critical piece of being a coxswain and being able to connect with them outside of the boat and, and off the water in addition to being able to channel whatever that connection is into helping them go faster or encouraging them to go faster when it counts, and so... That's something that I think I will really never forget. it's It's the kind of connection you build with people. and I think one of the things that that I will always remember is you know you sit in a particular seat as a co that you're you're kind of always there and you're all kind of always staring at your your stroke seats, eyes, and you you develop like this almost nonverbal communication method. and I think that's something that just goes to show what kind of connection. Growing builds and what kind of connection this sport develops in people. So it's been really, really awesome.
2: Yeah. Hannah, Maya touched on this, but I mean, if you combine the women's roster and the men's roster, this is um, probably by the far the biggest <laughs> roster, even probably the women alone among you know most sports here at Bates. Uh, what's that like to have, you know, so many teammates. Cause like, I mean, the women and men really you you're competing, you know, at the same location until the very end of the year. Right.
6: Yeah, yeah. No, we're very much one whole team, um, the women and the men together. And it's incredible. I mean, it's imagine having, like, 90 of the, like, like what Maya said, just, like, incredible, like, exceptional people be following, or kind of, like, being gathering together every single day, either in the air room or at the boathouse. And it's wild. I mean, it's been really beautiful to see this team grow over our four years um although it was pretty big when we when we got here it certainly has gotten a lot bigger with some some really strong uh underclassmen and and I think that's just so exciting to see where it's going to go in the future I mean (laughs) we're we're going to need more space um but that's like the best part of it like this fall we got to have like you guys are going to have to help me remember how many eights we had across. I think it was five or six six eights. I think it was six eights across at one point in the fall. Yeah. And, of course, on top of that, we still have more rows. We're having, you know, fours and doubles and singles sometimes go out in those same days just because we don't, you know, you can't put more than six eights across at one time. But, um, I mean, going to practice, um and, and you know, with 90 family members, it's pretty exciting. And just seeing everyone out on the water, like, working their hardest, it blows my mind that um, the coaches and and the team is, are able to kind of rally 90 college students and <laughs> get us all to do vaguely the same thing over and over and over again every single day. Um, and so it's just been really beautiful to be – to be a part of that. And, um, you know, our, our area in Commons where the rowers like to sit, obviously the rowers sit all over Commons, but we do have a little corner where we sometimes collect ourselves. Um, and, you know, that,
2: that corner is just growing and growing, and I
6: think it's just it's only a wonderful thing.
2: And, Grace, Hannah to touched on the coaching staff. I mean, obviously Peter Sinstra has been the constant here. I know a couple of different assistants, but uh, what's that dynamic been like uh, working with the coaches?
1: I think, you know, the coaching staff is an incredible support system that we have. Um, You know, as captains, it was really nice to go into them and bounce ideas off of them. And, uh, you know, we'll have, you know, periodic check-ins. But even, you know, before being a captain, either going into coach or talking to Haley, and uh, Mitch is the men's assistant coach, but she's also been, she just has such an incredible presence that, I've also really enjoyed working with her. Um, you know, the three of them plus Coach Doolittle, who I mentioned before, have all been really important and understanding, and just trying to, you know, bring the best. And they always expect the best out of all of us. Um, and it's a great feeling to like rise to the occasion.
2: And then Maya, this this whole senior class uh, for the women's rowers, all all of you were are senior scholars, you know, three point five or above GPA. Emma Wheeler got the Lindholm Scholar Athlete, is a top yes, GPA am. among all female student athletes here. What does that say about the women's rowing team, this academic achievement, especially from the senior class here?
5: I think it, it speaks for itself. I think we <laughs> might not think it, but we are we are just an extremely academic class. I think that. You know, it's evident in the fact that, the like people can just get themselves to do work every single day. It's evident in the way they commit to their sport, and I think it's even more clear in in the way that they, you know, approach school. I think that or approach classes. I think that academics are such an important part of our student-athlete experience at Bates, and the coaching staff, especially on our team, emphasizes that you know. School comes first, academics come first, class comes first, and that's something that has carried through our four years. I mean, we have pretty much a huge span of majors in in our you know little group, and I think even in, in just this span, it's it's so clear that everyone is very passionate about what they've studied and put the time in, and, and just hearing about you know people's theses and, and you know, exhibitions for thesis and and. It's just an incredible group of people, and I think we all try and support each other as much as possible. I know I've felt extremely supported in any and all academics, and being able to turn to your classmates and your peers and just kind of get help when you need it, even if you're on the bus to a regatta that's, you know, a couple hours away is just such a wonderful feeling. And I think, you know, everyone should really be proud, and I'm excited to see what everyone does in
2: in the future. Hannah, just going off what Maya just said about uh, academics, what was the key for you in terms of being successful both, you know, on the water and in the classroom?
6: I think it's just
2: consistent hard
6: work every day, Um, just like we do for rowing. You know, you put in meters and you put in attention and focus with the people around you, and um, we kind of just take the same, like Maya was saying, I think all of us have learned to take the same approach with academics, and I think certainly for me, uh, being on the Bates rowing team has completely made me a better student every day because I I think otherwise I'd have way too much energy to sit in a, a classroom um, <laughs> and also just be, but much more so, like the amount of, um, you know, responsibility and, and diligence and um, consistent effort every day. Uh, that is required for being on a team is the same thing that's required for being a a successful student. And I very much um, agree about the the thesis support. Um, You know, Mern mentioned earlier that we got to live together this year along with uh, Grace Smith, who's another senior and um, on the, on the team and, um, and the three of them were especially, or you know, all of them were especially uh, supportive when, you know, we have late nights in, in our common room or um, late nights in the library or wherever they may be. Um, you know, we're always kind of cheering each other on and, and a- attending each other's, you know, thesis, thesis defenses or exhibitions, um, like Maya said. And and so I think partially it's just the, the amount of uh, work that we've learned to put in on, on the water is very similar to the work that we put in in the classroom. And then also just you know, same as being on the team, supporting each other um, academically has been really helpful. Uh, Liz Johnson is another senior, and she's also a physics major, and she has been an incredible support system for my physics major at Bates because, you know, she's kind of uh, – she's been in a lot of my classes throughout the way, and she's just so bright and, and kind and helpful. And um, I think that's also something that's been really special about the academic experience at Bates is, very similar to being on the team. It's a collaborative environment. Um, I think especially in the physics department, I found that, you know, people are always trying to build each other up and not um, stop each other from succeeding. It's not about the competition. It's about learning together and making sure everyone crosses (laughs) the finish line at the same time. Um, So I'm really grateful for this incredibly smart um, and hardworking class of of senior women and, and men and um, I certainly
2: would not have been able to do any of the, my school work without their support. <laughs> Grace, this is kind of a silly question, but what is it like having so many Graces on the team? I mean, are last names <laughs> being used, are <our> nicknames <laughs> being used? What's going on there? I mean, there's so many Graces. <laughs>
1: um, you know, I, I it's a great cohort to be a part of, you know. Like, I couldn't have another group of people to share a name with. Um, <laughs> at one point, there were five of us on the team. I mean, Coach likes nicknames and goes by last name. So you have Jerko for Grace Jerkovich. Grace Smith is G. Grace Carrington is GP. I'm Myrne. Grace Bake is Sometimes just Grace Bakes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but we've got, um you know, it's, I mean, it's fun. I think, sadly, the Hannas might outnumber us next year. Woo! Um, <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> but it's been awesome having so many graces and we'll take pictures together and it's, you know, it's a great group of people.
2: Awesome. Well, uh, Maya, let's start with you in terms of any final thoughts you wanted to share about your time on the women's rowing team that we haven't gotten to talk about yet.
5: I would say I'm so extremely grateful for this experience. I'm so thankful for obviously my my two co-captains who have really been just the best support system and And the most amazing people this this past year and and throughout these four years and obviously I can't say enough good things about the rest of our class. I mean, you you have such a a tight-knit group of people who truly support each other unconditionally and I'm so, so thankful for them. You know, they've made me a better costume, a better person, a better student these past four years and I'm so, so thankful for that. I'm excited to to keep in touch with all of them and to to go on and do some really cool things and um you know I'm so thankful for our coaches who have been the absolute best and have pushed us to be better in those very same ways so it's really just been to put it simply it, it's been one of the best experiences of my life if not the best experience of my life and I couldn't imagine it any other way and then Hannah how about for you yeah
6: so um I think first I just want to say one thing I'm going to miss is just practice. Um, I think when you ask me about, like, the regattas that stand out, um, obviously there are a bunch that, that do really stand out, but, like, I, we never really focus on the wins. Or I, I honestly don't remember the regattas as well as I remember practices and just, you know, rowing into the dock at a 16 with Maya this fall, like, looking into my eyes and just being like, make this count and, you know, take it all in which made me cry, of course, because it's just so beautiful to be out on the water and be rowing together and being a part of something that's so clearly bigger than I am. Um, so I think for for all current and future baits rowers, enjoy practice, um, even when it gets really hard. And and then, of course, like Maya said, um, I'm really grateful to be a part of this senior class. Um, I mean, Grace Smith, Grace Barrington, and Wheels, and... Myrn and Maya and Liz have all been my role models on this team and in life um, since I met them four years ago. And um, they're an extremely strong, we're an extremely strong group of of women and um, especially working with Grace and Maya this year as captains, um, they have kept me sane and on my feet and, you know, they have, Given me endless amounts of support and hugs and love, and um, really inspire me and lead with such poise and huh, grace um, <laughs> every day. So, um, and of course, the the coaches are the best adult role do- role models in my in my life and have really acted um, almost like the parents of this family <laughs> these four years and um, and have made me a better person which is what coach always says the goal of this team is um and so i'm really grateful for all of them and i'm also really excited to see where the team goes um the alums have been really good about reaching out to us and making us feel included in that community already um even though graduation is this sunday so um i'm so excited to watch everyone thrive they've already elected new captains for next year and like they're already doing a better job <laughs> like they're incredible if they got this, and, um, and so, like, I just feel like as much as we will always be there for the team, they, they don't really need us anymore, which is really
2: a good feeling. Terrific, and Grace, any final thoughts on your end?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, as Hannah said, I, I fully believe that I've become a better person from being involved in this organization, and a lot of that is due from, you know, the incredible leadership from the coaches as well as, all these people who came before us, whether we overlap with them at Bates or not, um, you know, every single person on this team leaves some sort of a mark. And I've learned so, so many things about what it is to be, uh, you know, to really give your all in something, to care for your teammates, uh, to want, you know, wanting to see other people succeed, all of these things. I really owe to the people who have come before, as well as, you know, like both Hannah and Maya said, like our class, I mean, they really are my best friends and they've been so important to me and so incredible. Um, But I think, you know, next year, as Hannah said, they're already killing it. So I'm really excited (laughs) to watch. And I will definitely be cheering either through a computer screen or on the banks, however I can. Awesome. Well, the senior class, three NCAA
2: championships, three head of Charles titles. What an accomplishment. Grace Murnahan, Hannah Fitz, Maya Station. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Bobcast, looking back on your Bates
0: careers. Really appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron.
0: Head coach Peter Steenstra salutes all the Bates rowing seniors who have emerged every season. As champions.
2: Senior salute to the rowing seniors here on the Bobcast this week. Happy to have Peter Steenscher, the head coach of the rowing program, on the phone with us to talk about the women's and men's rowing seniors. We'll start with the women, Peter, um, kind of in, in alphabetical order in terms of the seniors. We start with, <laughs> as I told her on the Bobcast this week, one of the most enthusiastic people I've ever come across, Hannah Fitz out of Fawtucket, <laughs> Rhode Island, uh, first varsity eight from day one. Coach, tell us about what made Hannah fit such an impact performer right away for the Bobcats.
7: Uh, where to begin? <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, physically she's she's a pretty impressive athlete, um, just a strong person, strong build, um, the automatic things that you're looking for for any athlete, for that matter. But her her attitude, her personality is just uh, just huge. You know, she's just such a big uh, personality in the room. She can't there's it's impossible for her to hide in a room. You could have 200 people in there and she will stand out. There's no, there's no way that she can be a wallflower or whatever the old expression might be. Um, you know, when she's when she's in the room, everyone knows it. she is bursting with positive energy. Um, and on top of that, she's an extremely hardworking athlete who wants nothing but the best, uh, performance out of herself. And she's, uh, you know, with that boundless energy, she's also out there getting the very best out of her teammates all the time.
2: Great. And then Elizabeth Johnson, um, a staple kind of in that third varsity eight, got a gold medal as a sophomore at NIRC. Worked her way up to the second varsity eight this year at the head of the Charles. What what do you see about Elizabeth Johnson in terms of her development as a rower these four seasons here?
7: Oh, determination. I mean, she, a number of times she was in the office and, and sort of having that conversation about, Know, what what's what's the point of this why am i still doing this and
4: you know
7: you get to have these great conversations because she's an intelligent person who can who's seeing through to the next uh phase of things and she's like you know am i here am i am i serving a purpose am i wasting my time am i wasting the team's time am i in the way and all you know which of course she's not you know she's similar to Fitz. she has a big personality and she's someone that Everyone in the boathouse looking forward to seeing on a daily basis, she works hard you know it 's unfortunate that she 's not really blessed with the the six foot and the length and all that that you need in our sport, but uh, you, know, you really can 't compare it to the heart and the and the determination that she that she brings to the boathouse
2: Grace Murnahan, one of your captains. Uh, Talk about sacrificing for the team. Her first two years, she's part of the first varsity eight, wins a gold medal NCAA as a sophomore. And then this program, so talented, she ends up actually rowing in the uh, the two v the last couple seasons, including this year um, at the head of Charles. What can you say about what she brought to the table as one of your leaders, even when maybe she lost her spot on the one V, but still you obviously had a huge role with that second varsity eight?
7: Yeah, well, that's one of those things where sometimes you fall prey to your to your own uh the things that you're bringing to the team because one of the things that she brought to the team was the availability or the inclusiveness that the team is sort of known for, so she's helping to bring in those those athletes that kind of replaced her in the boat a little bit um you know she went abroad and and wasn't able to get a whole lot of training done when she when she was abroad, which is a pretty normal thing for everybody who goes uh and when she came back, she realized that uh, many of those. Who were either remained or who were younger um, had grown up around her a little bit, so she found herself a little bit behind the uh, behind the eight ball, <laughs> and so she was on her way back. You know, she was working her way back, and then this, uh, you know, the the end of the spring season happened. So she was very much a
2: contender for that varsity eight. I I
7: can assure you that. And then Grace
2: Purinton, someone who um, rode in the open fours for you at NIRCs, including getting a gold medal uh, her sophomore year. I think everyone got a gold medal sophomore year who rode at NIRCs, including that open four. Uh, But what do you say about what Grace provided over four seasons?
7: Oh, she's, again, she's just one of those people that you really look forward to seeing at the boathouse. Similar to, to Liz Johnson, she kind of, got to a point where she's like, all right, I, I get it. I, I know I know my place around here, <laughs> sort of thing. And But she also never stopped working hard. She never stopped encouraging the people around her. And, and when you get to the point that you're a senior and you find yourself still kind of in the 3V, 4V sort of range, you get to have that conversation with the coach, which is, all right, if you're going to be here, you're going to be uh, – you're kind of like a, a positive influence. You're a captain for the – bottom end of the squad you're a captain for all the first and second year folks that are coming in the door and they're new to the program so you have to be someone who's accessible to all of them and someone that they're willing to talk to um, because you're going to be in their boat and I think that she I think it's safe to say that she embraced that she's definitely a leader of the program um, and it's important to know that you can you can lead from from the lower boats Uh, and that's part of the reason for the success of this program
2: One of your captains, Maya Station, talking about working her way up as a sophomore, got a gold medal in the 3B as a coxswain, then as a junior, obviously last year, second varsity eight gold medal NCAAs. And this year, ahead of Charles, first varsity eight gold medal uh, there, um, Maya Station stuck with it as, as well and, and, and was going to be the 1B Cox, and it looks like this spring, unfortunately, obviously the season got cut short. But she got that experience and, 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 and won at the Charles. That must kind of feel pretty good for her, right?
7: Oh, yeah, it should. Because uh, part of the thing that doesn't show up on, on her stats sheet is uh, her very first day of practice. And side note, she's going to mad that I'm telling everybody. <laughs> first day of practice, her freshman fall, she was bringing the boat back to the dock and she – broke the bow off the dock. <laughs> uh, oh. So she she has literally been you know, climbed from the very bottom of our program to the very top of our program um, and earned it every single step of the way. Uh, as unfortunate as it is to not end on uh, with a spring season and being the 1V and going into double A's and all that, um, oh. the fact that she does get to sort of conclude her her Rowing collegiate rowing career with a gold medal performance at the head of the Charles is not a bad way to end, Uh, and she has definitely done put all the effort in from you know climbing the ladder from the bottom all the way to the top. So she's a great success story around here.
2: And Grace Smith, interesting, her first year she was on the Nordic skiing team, and then she joined the rowing program and immediately winning the second varsity eight. Um, as I saw, yeah. it more than first varsity in the last couple of years. So uh, what was that like, having her join the team kind of after one year where she was playing a different sport here at Bates?
7: Yeah, um, well, it was great. She's a, a very natural athlete, uh, much more of a natural athlete than she gives herself credit for. Um, but she got right into it. She's a, a real uh, – she's a student of sport. Uh, when she came in to meet in the office, she always – immediately opened up the notebook and and was ready to go, um, quiet person nature, quiet personality, but, uh, you put her into a racing situation and, and, you know, some, some little flame (laughs) flickers in the middle of, of that heart and that gut someplace. And she starts to work real hard. Um, I think for her, her, her growth here has been just in her sort of security of who she is and and believing in what she is as an athlete, um I think that her experience as a Nordic skier was probably good early on, and then it got to be a little bit frustrating. She kind of suffering from injuries and probably couldn't seem to make any great strides after that um, But when she found rowing it was it was an automatic bump up for her, and I think that she just really you know really took it in and, and ran because she was a contender for the V-16 right away, and it really had an impact in the program leading into this year.
2: Great. And then Emma Wheeler, spoiler alert, we are going to have more from Coach Steenstra this Friday at the virtual awards ceremony about Emma Wheeler as she was <laughs> uh, one of two Lindholm Scholars this year, top GPA yeah. uh, for her among all-female varsity athletes. But not only that, first varsity eight from day one, right, Coach?
7: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I just don't know. I don't know what I could possibly say, about her to, to adequately describe, uh, wheels. Uh, that's as obviously we call her wheels. Um, but we, we love that phrase of pound, pound for pound, you know, one of the strongest athletes I think I've ever had. Um, she's blessed with length, um, which is, you know, a great, um, natural ability to have in our sport. You want to have length for that leverage, but on top of it, she, she's just physically, Incredibly strong and doesn't doesn't weigh a whole lot naturally, but the strength that she has comes from some ancient Norwegian lake. I'm pretty sure, um, <laughs> but uh, she's a very impressive athlete. Um, and on top of that, just such a strong team member. Uh, very concerned about everyone else, uh, making sure that things are going to be <laughs> fair and honest. And she would come into the office quite a bit, and uh, rarely did we. Did we talk about her? We mostly – she was usually bringing something to my attention, um, and uh, I think she always had the team, the well-being of the team, was forefront in her mind at all times.
2: Excellent. Well, this rowing class for the women, obviously, very strong. Um, you look ahead, though, next year, 2021, I think you might even have even more seniors. Next season. So I mean, what does that say about where the program is at, you know, right now? Even with this class graduating, there's, um, there's there's more support along the way, right?
7: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're a long way from from there. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and and it, it is a big class. It's a good class. Uh, but depending upon what they do through this. Uh, un- unvoluntary <laughs> off time that we have now, yeah, uh, and then going through the summer, and then you know, a lot is going to, you know, for everybody, whatever happens in the fall is going to determine a lot of things come come next spring. Um, I have every bit of confidence that this this program will come back as strong, if if not stronger, um, come next year, because it's just the type of people that they all are. They they're not going to take anything for granted especially after this experience with COVID-19 and having their spring season lost. Um, you know, I'm getting lots and lots of emails and phone calls from alums who just, you know, their hearts broken, but they also appreciate the experiences they have that much more. Um, especially knowing that there's an entire group of, of athletes here who can't catch years of, uh, of their sport. And so, you know, they, they get it. Uh, they get it. So looking forward to that, that group in their senior year and see what they can do.
2: Going over the men's rowing team, four seniors. Uh, Holly Doyle Coxon. Uh, we talked to her yesterday here on the Bobcast, and she talked about how, you know, Bates was her dream school, but she didn't necessarily know if she was going to be on the rowing team. And she came in and you said, well, I only have a spot on the men's roster. And, and she jumped mm-hmm. to that opportunity. So what can you say about what she was able to accomplish during her career as a Coxon for the men's team?
7: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one, one of the luxuries, I guess, of being the female coxswain uh, within a rowing team is that there is there is a chance that you can you kind of get to pick between the two teams. And in some cases, the coach is going to say to them, "Look, I've got five or six coxswains on, on this side of the boathouse, and at least two people are already not going to be in a boat. And over on this side, we're short a couple. So, you know, it's up to you. I'm not going to make you do it, but if you're willing to consider this, then I think your opportunities are greater on that side. She did go for it. And it was great. Um, she did well. Uh, I can say that sometimes the men's team needs to have, um, you know, the influence of, of a female coxswain from time to time. I think that's very helpful. Um, and, and I think that she did well in that, in that role.
2: Certainly. And then William Langhoff, uh, one of your seniors as well, uh, just like Holly got to compete at um, the, the IRA National Regatta as a sophomore across the board. All the seniors talk about that being such a memorable experience for them, especially since they were underclassmen at the time. But uh, what do you say about um, William Langhoff, who was a 2B guy until this year where he was in that 1B in the fall?
7: Yeah, he was a 2B guy until he made the decision, all right, if I'm going to do this thing, i got to do this thing. <laughs> so once he, <laughs> once he fully mm-hmm. made the decision that his senior year was just going to have a whole different – Uh, flavor to it then he he really turned it on over last summer did a lot of good work came back in in much better shape than he had been before Um, I dare say that his his attitude was pretty steady throughout but there was a a shift he's always been a very positive person but there was a shift into a more competitive minded person when he when he got here this past fall so I think he was quite driven he wanted his senior year to end in a certain way and, again, it's unfortunate, but um, I think he was well well on uh, course for that to happen.
2: Then Maxwell Milovets, second team all NASCAC as a junior, was team captain this year, obviously competed at IRAs uh, in the first varsity eight uh, when he was a mm-hmm. sophomore, so he was uh, pretty far high up the lineup uh, from an early start here at Bates. But what do you say about him? Coming from Salt Lake City where he told me, you know, rowing's not that big there, but he always had a passion for it.
7: Yeah, yeah, well, he – he's been in the varsity at all four years. You know, he's, he's a, he's a stronger athlete than he's going to give himself credit for. That's for sure. He doesn't have a giant personality where he's going to come in and, and kind of dominate a room. He's kind of a, he's a quiet guy and he gets along. He guys very hard to get along with everybody. Uh, the more he smiles, I figured out probably the more nervous that he is (laughs) because he responds to everything with a big smile. Um, but good, hardworking guy, and he's more than happy to just um, you know, sit on the sidelines and, and just work his tail off. And when, he, when he's going to beat you, he's going to beat you on the water. He's not going to play any mental games with you or, or any of that sort of thing. Um, good, hardworking student as well. Uh, really accomplished quite a bit during his time here at Bates.
2: Christopher Novak, another guy who competed at IRAs as a sophomore uh, in that second varsity eight. This year, actually, at the head of Charles was in the open four, uh, the varsity four, which finished 14th out of 40. Really strong showing there in a in a four boat. When you have a guy who's used to competing in the eight, you, you know, go in those fours. How does that change things? And you know, how do rowers like you know uh, Chris adjust to that? Um,
7: I, I think he adjusted pretty well. He had a group of first years around him. Uh, as well as uh, Aiden Temporino there in in the coxswain seat. So he had sort of – he was put into this position of being the elder within that group. I think he enjoyed that. Uh, I think the guys in the boat enjoyed having him. He had a good approach to what he was doing, I think. Um, But giving him that sense of sort of – I don't want to call it authority, but certainly leadership, you know, he was – I think for the first time in his time here at Bates, he found himself in a position of being a leader, uh, and, and I think he liked it, and I think he did pretty well with it.
2: Awesome. Well, those are the seniors for the women's and men's rowing teams, respectively. Uh, as a whole, as a group, what will you miss most about uh, you know these these 11 seniors here? Oh, well, I'd, I'd love to say
7: that every class is distinctly different, but I <laughs> I have to admit it, it's just another group of, <laughs> of a of a wonderful group of people who have clearly grown in their time, they embraced um the philosophy of the of the program they they are leaving us as better people i believe um not without stumbles along the way or mistakes or whatnot, but that's exactly how how that growth occurs you know you've got to screw up a couple times in order to make sure that the the, the changes are the positive changes are coming. Um, I'm sad to the, leave them go, but mostly it's it's the manner in which they've they had to end their their uh, collegiate career is the part that is the most saddening for us, I think, and I feel for them. Um, I wish there's some way that I could do something for them or make it up to them, but of course we all know that there's no way for that to happen. So they'll go off into the world. They will have their have that same impact wherever they go, and I think that. Their connection to Bates and Bates Rowing is going to be all the stronger because they didn't really get to see it uh, come to full fruition. Um, hopefully that hopefully they'll stay connected because of that.
0: Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll move into the summer months and take our first trip down memory lane by talking to some Bates greats. Find out who next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, 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 Bates. Bates.